0: On the BBC to all points unknown. If you're within the sound of my voice, you're listening to Welcome Home podcast on the DVC. Hello, welcome home, listeners! Thank you for joining us on episode 29 of Welcome Home, a Disney Parks and Vacation Club podcast. I'm Tom. I'm here with Trevor. Uh, no Damon today, just me and Trevor. Uh, so, I was trying yeah. to think of like a cool like nickname for like when it's just you and I. It's like a ch- tomver.
1: <laughs> tomver. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, my gosh, is it, is it, somebody can think of a better name, maybe. I'm
0: sure somebody that, can. We yeah. usually get good names when people recommend themselves. I'm also extremely tired. I I, I had a my first yes. child last weekend,
1: so I <laughs> yes, and congratulations, Tom. That's thank awesome. thank you,
0: thank you very much. It was a little unexpected. We were we were due May 9th, and uh, you know it was supposed to supposed to have a uh, C-section actually on, on, on May 2nd just due to some, because uh, the baby decided she didn't want to turn, so she wanted to be breech. <laughs> but um, then my wife called me on Saturday. I actually... The funny thing is I was going to see Black Panther finally. I was like way behind on this. And I was finally going to see Black Panther because my wife couldn't go. Oh, you know, she just... And those of you that out there that have had pregnant wives or are women that are, have been pregnant know that especially towards the end uh, there, you get really uncomfortable and you just can't sit still basically. Um, and so we really haven't been able to go and see any movies. So I, my wife was going to a bridal shower and I was like, all right, I'll go see Black Panther. And so I get out of Black Panther and maybe like a half hour later, I get a phone call and she's like, my water broke. And I'm like, oh no, <laughs> I was like, what do we do now? <laughs> you go. So, you go. Yeah. So, so, uh, so ran to the hospital and, uh, you know, been, been home for uh, a couple of days now. So I, I'm, I'm slightly tired, uh, as, as some of you new parents out there or, or you know, for, you know, current parents know. Uh, the first couple weeks are a little rough, but uh, I'm gonna do my best today to, to to put put a show together with Trevor so
1: <laughs> yeah and yeah, it's super exciting and yeah we'll we'll try to make this uh, as painless for you as possible
0: <laughs> <laughs> I you know it's it's always good to to talk about some things so yeah. related to Disney so <laughs> exactly uh, well, I wanted to kind of start this week by talking about last week actually or last episode I should say because we are every other week uh we did a we did a little segment in the beginning of the last episode about uh the first welcome home which for those of you that hadn't heard the last episode uh you know the idea of when you're a new direct buyer to DVC uh that Disney will help you get reservations that are not attainable so and and Trevor actually had some experience with this where he was able to get a uh, reservation at a, at a resort that wasn't available uh you know showing as unavailable so we had kind of thrown a poll out there to see how many of our listeners uh also knew about this because i was curious because i you know and and talking me talking on this last week i had no idea that it existed until i saw somebody post on facebook about it and then trevor you said that you knew about it mm-hmm. but um but so we actually put out a poll out there and we got 52 votes which is great thanks everybody for voting uh, and sixty-seven percent of you had never heard of or never been able to use your first welcome home. So I don't feel as bad now,
1: <laughs> and that, that surprises me because at, at least when I was talking to my DVC rep, he was very like he, he was kind of using that as a selling point, which yeah. I, I get. I guess it also depends like like the you know the, this is if anybody who's bought direct like if you're talking to a DVC rep direct. I would think they would be trying to, you know, advertise this. But I, it's also kind of a hard place for them to be too, because like I read in some of the comments that that you guys posted that you know they do they provide this because I guess it's it's a, a thing for timeshares that they do have to try and honor your first booking. Like they can't you know buy you into a timeshare and then say sorry you can't do anything for the first two years. So so I think they kind of keep this on the side as a you know. As a way to, you know, help people that have bought in mm-hmm. right away. And, and, yeah, exactly what it is, you know, get something that may be otherwise unavailable. But I don't think they want to necessarily throw it out there for everybody because then, you know, every new person that comes in under a contract is kind of expecting the impossible, which yeah. it, it sets a bad precedent, right? Exactly.
0: So, you can't expect the impossible with, with you know, with any of this. but. Yeah, I think you're right. I almost feel like it's something like they never brought it up to me because I was on vacation and we weren't even planning on booking another vacation until next year. So I almost wonder if they mention this to people when they have short timelines or if they're trying to push somebody over the edge or I don't know. I I, th- I found it really interesting in the comments that a lot of people were saying I did a lot of research on this. On, on dvc before i purchased and i'd never heard of this and that's kind of how i was i mean you know we're we do a dvc podcast and i i've never heard of this you know yeah and, <laughs> just...
1: and but like i said for us it, like we spent probably a month going back and forth with our our rep before we finally purchased and i mean he brought it up in there maybe and like you said maybe that was the thing is that it was it wasn't it wasn't like you know we walked in and we were just like we're gonna buy this now I think it was because we we kept asking questions and kept going on that he was kind of throwing things out there and maybe that's maybe that's the approach with this is that they don't mention it up front because if you're you know going to buy it anyway then they don't need to mention it. <laughs> exactly. I mean, there's no yeah.
0: need to mention something. They they don't need to go out of their way if it's if you're already going to buy it or if you don't need it, right? So right. in my case, I didn't need it, so they didn't bring it up. Um, but, you know, I, I I don't know. It's it's interesting. I, I thought it was interesting that we saw a lot of comments where people were like, I had no idea this was a thing, or I tried it and it didn't work, which, you know, given this is not a guaranteed thing, they don't guarantee that they're going to be able to find you a room that's not, listed as unavailable, but they do – try to help you with one so yeah and there's no way they can guarantee that they can do it so
1: yeah exactly but but yeah once again you know great that you guys um voted on it and we got some good comments on it and everything so yeah
0: yeah for sure it's kind of a little tidbit (laughs) yeah exactly i feel good now that i'm not the only one that had no idea about this so, I mean, I feel slightly better. So, uh, you know, going down the same DVC route here, uh, you know, and, and this we're going to use some terminology that especially new DVC members. And and truthfully, I, I this stuff confuses me, too. And I don't know about you, Trevor, but I, I'm always reading this stuff and I'm like, I don't even know what this means. But yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah. So uh, and I saw this, though, I want to and I wanted to bring it up. And, and that's um, the Copper Creek, you know, which is uh, pretty much one of the, the newest. Uh, you know, areas that's for sale. One of the new uh, Disney Vacation Development areas for sale, um, basically, had filed for a declaration, um, which basically is it's adding units into the pool of available rooms to members. Right. So, as far as I understand it, <laughs> so I, I don't know. We're uh, sure, we gonna say something.
1: Uh, well, so the way I understand the the declared thing is so so the the whole condo area is built already right yep but um they're not so the inventory is not available. like let's say you know they've got a hundred rooms they don't just you know right off the bat say they have a hundred rooms available if they haven't sold the amount of points needed to fill a hundred rooms exactly so yeah they, they start off with you know like 50 rooms available and then they, and then as more people buy into it, they will release more rooms as inventory that you can book on the website. And the rest of those rooms are just left as cash. So actually, it's kind of interesting because this uh, um, this info about Cocker, Copper Creek, yeah, I can't Copper talk. Creek? <laughs> yes, Copper Creek uh, having more of their rooms declared. That actually kind of plays back into the first Welcome Home a little yes. bit. Yeah, interesting.
0: Yeah, that's that's why I put it there. Obviously, yeah, it's yeah, <laughs> because we're it, really good at transitions. So exactly, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but so it's a Trevor's point. Basically, you know, declared inventory can be reserved with vacation points. Uh, you know, the, these are vacation areas that are kind of associated with uh, the the ownership interests that have been purchased by members. And so, um, basically, right now Copper Creek is fifty percent declared. So basically, fifty percent sold out. If you want to look at it that way, um, yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. So, which it's, it sounds like it's actually selling pretty quickly, which is which is good. Um, but a, a lot of people don't realize too. You know, you always see the comment, and I don't know if we've even ever addressed this on the show before. But the whole idea of like, you know, sometimes people will go and look and uh, look on the availability tool on the DVC website, and they'll be like, "Wait a second, how come there's no availability for me as a DVC member?" But then if I go onto Disney World's website, I could pay cash for a room. Right. And, and a lot of this that is, is big, why this is why. Yeah. And so and, and, you know, there's a lot of different things that go on with this. Like, for example, if I decide to use my if I have own points at Bay Lake and I decide to use those points to stay at a non DVC property, let's say I decide I want to stay at uh, Port Orleans. I don't know. And so in order for them to pay for that, for that transition, they're actually paying. They're, they're going to use, uh, you know, my points and they're going to pay uh, for that room at Port Orleans. Because remember, Disney Vacation Developments, DVC, is, is a separate entity from Disney World and from, from the Walt Disney Company. It's a separate entity. Um, it's not from the Walt Disney Company. It's, a, it's just kind of a division, but they are separate, right? And so um, when you're doing that, that room then, th- those amount of points, they get put into the cash inventory, right? And the reason is that's how they end up paying for me staying at Port Orleans, and I hope that makes sense, but um, that's kind of why that happens. Is these rooms, some of these rooms get put into the cash inventory when we decide to use those points for uh, things that are outside of our resort. Um, it also happens, you know, that there's a, there's an inventory of rooms that are just cash rooms anyway. And I've always heard that that was due to uh, DVC, not DVC, but um, uh, timeshare laws. So,
1: yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. That they, they do have to. They can't say that everything is a hundred percent booked and there's no way you would ever be able to make use of your points within a year. I mean, within a certain week, yes, they can say, you know, everything's booked, we can't get you what you want, but it, they can't ever work it into a position where it's impossible to ever use your points. Absolutely.
0: So, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, that that was a little bit of a tangent, but still I think I think interesting for the for the DVC discussion anyway. <laughs> yeah. But um now on to you know just general parks things you know there's not always a ton of uh dvc news out there we so you know we we try to cover a couple topics each week but uh you know there isn't always uh, you know things to talk about with that so wanted to bring this up and i don't know why we didn't bring this up weeks ago when it was announced but i i thought this looked kind of pretty cool uh and, and this is a donald's dino bash which yeah. is which is pretty neat um it's gonna be for those of you that haven't seen this uh animal kingdom will be uh, and this is in the obviously the dino land area right um will be adding this uh it's it almost looks like a show but it's not it's from what i can tell anyway um
1: it's i, I, I don't know it it's kind of like a stage show but, but they kinda, also have meet and greets too yeah it kind of yeah. seems
0: that way but it's not very specific about that right so, uh, but beginning May twenty fifth, basically, Donalds uh, and, and a bunch of the other characters are kind of so you know so called taking over uh, uh, the Dino Land area and transforming it into a celebration. Uh, and basically, there's going to be different meet and greets that will be uh, w- and they'll be wearing like dinosaur inspired costumes. So the cool thing about this is you'll be able to meet and you know meet and greets have been kind of. Sp- I don't want to say sparse at Animal Kingdom, but, uh, you know, there used to be Camp Mini Mickey where you can meet some guests. I mean, you, know, you can meet some characters, um, but, you know, not not as much uh, since that that area was gone. Um, but you'll be able to meet like Donald, Daisy, Pluto, Goofy. The one that I got excited about was Launchpad. I think mm-hmm. that one's pretty cool. Right? Yeah, I'll
1: highlight and bold that one, please. Yeah, right. Exactly.
0: <laughs> the line should be the longest for Launchpad. Forget about everybody else. I'm just kidding. Yeah.
1: Scrooge McDuck is in there as well.
0: Oh, really? is is he?
1: Yeah, yeah. The in the announcement it says Launchpad oh. and Scrooge are in there. So, so oh, both great. are worthwhile. But um, I'm I'm holding out for Darkwing personally. If they can I, get Darkwing in there,
0: <laughs> I think at one of the Moonlight Magic events I saw Darkwing Duck was meeting with people.
1: Yes, he he was, and I'm I'm so sad that I wasn't able to go last year because I would have gotten to meet him. But that that's on my bucket list. Launchpad and Darkwing are definitely huge for me so
0: launchpad's a cool one i feel yeah. like chip and dale's a cool one too even though like that one's been around but launchpad like is one you don't really see at all
1: well and yeah and chip and dale and, and yeah all the all the standard characters like you said they are in in dino land specific costumes so it, it's not just meeting chip and dale it's you know it's a different yeah, different dressed-up Chippendales, so... <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
0: So, no, I, I think this is really cool. I, I'm, I'm glad they're doing something like this. Uh, I do think it's interesting. Now, one of the articles I'm reading about this does say that this could become a... It was originally kind of presented as like a temporary thing, mm-hmm. um, but apparently it's possible I guess the show director for it said, it kind of insinuated that it's going to be a permanent thing.
1: So... Permanent I don't until know. they stop doing it.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's permanent until they cancel it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Which yeah, it's... could be six months, could be a couple years, right? Exactly. And, so... and I guess I, as we're talking about here, and I was kind of thinking about how Dinoland is laid out and everything, um, yeah, there's nowhere really for them to do a stage show. But, um, yeah. uh, again, when I think about it is, um, you know how in Frontierland, how they have the different, um, uh, like, frontier type characters walk around like you'll meet like Rare brer, brer box that Rare fox brer and brer box. bear <laughs> yeah and uh the guys from country bears jamboree and all that kind of stuff yeah they come uh, out
0: there.
1: yeah so it, uh, but they also do like a like they do like a square dancing thing and stuff like that i'm wondering if it'll be like that where you know that the characters kind of come out and it's a more interactive like you know they're dancing or having a party or whatever which i, I think might actually be better because I, I think those kinds of interactions are a lot more fun than you know just Watching the characters on stage or whatever, so
0: yeah, no, I would agree. I I would think it would be cool if there was a show component to this. I I don't know, and and maybe we're just I haven't seen I, the only two announcements I've seen about it haven't said anything about a show, but it almost seems like it's a show. But I'm I don't know. All I've all I've seen is like kind of the concept art and and the different characters that you'll be able to meet there. So, um, I I think it would be it would be fine if it was just a meet and greet because, like I said, I, I think it's a necessary thing for uh animal kingdom and and you know you always have to have those meet and greets and plus you know launch pad but mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean i would love to see them rotate in some rare, rare characters into those too i i just think that would be be fun if they could do that but i'm trying to think of who i'd even want to see though i mean i think Darkwing duck's a good one
1: but yeah and and i mean the thing is is because it's very themed around you know donald celebrating the fact that or yeah for those that don't know the story it's you know donald figured out that he's related to dinosaurs because he's a bird (laughs) so yeah so he he's you know super stoked about that and so i'm thinking you know all the the bird type characters so you know all the different ducks i would hope maybe you know huey dewey and louie at some point because ducktales is back in the in the spotlight so
0: was DuckTales successful? Was the reboot successful? Do we know? Because I'm uh, curious, if, it's a, if it was a success, then I would say they probably, I mean, they definitely will do it,
1: right? So season two is starting up in June, I think, June or July, something like that. Well, I guess
0: if there's a season yep. <laughs> two, it's a, it's, a, it's a success, right? So Yeah.
1: So, so yeah, that's coming along. And, and, and again, maybe we'll see more characters like uh, like Webigail from that as well. Would be kind of neat oh, yeah. as you know, if they expanded on, on the DuckTales universe
0: probably hard to find people that short to do the uh to be in the costumes <laughs> well
1: uh, they, they, they've redone Huey Dewey and Louie and Webigale that they're they're closer to like a tween type age so they're a okay, bit okay. bigger than than they were in the old ones yeah
0: so only slightly shorter than like you know probably around the same height as Scrooge just like a little yeah shorter. <laughs> yeah they're a little bit shorter
1: than Scrooge so I, I I think it's totally doable and I I do have hopes for this um sadly because uh I'm Going to be there like next week. I'm going to miss this, yep. but um, we're going again in January, and I'm hoping that this will still be running by then, that, so we can check it out.
0: Yeah, no, I and th- I I would think it would be. It seems like it's going to be something that they're going to be doing pretty consistently. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know. Who knows? You yep. know you never know with Disney. Disney, you know, will will do things and say it's permanent, and then they disappear. Um, which, by the way, I wanted to mention. I, I didn't have this on our on our list of things to talk about today, but did you see? I know you're going to be there next week. Did you see that the friendship boats are going to be uh, closed starting May 7th?
1: The friendship boats? The boat
0: that takes you from Epcot, from the Epcot resorts to, which is not going to affect you really at all. Oh, yeah. Unless no, you yeah, had a dinner thing. <laughs> unless you had a dinner thing or you're going to want to go to the boardwalk or whatever. There's the there's the bus. I mean, the bus. The um. The boats that go back and forth between them, but that's not really going to affect you, I guess, right?
1: Yeah, no, that. Yeah, I wasn't even aware of this because yeah, it's not even on my radar. We're we're staying at the Polynesian, so we've got the monorail.
0: <laughs> you got the monorail. You got the boats too. I always like taking the boats the Magic Kingdom, personally.
1: But I mean, yeah, we're, know, we're gonna we're gonna try all of them out. We're gonna see what what we like and what we don't like while we're there. So
0: well, you got to go on the monorail because didn't you say you never been on the monorail?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's like first thing on my list. <laughs> nice. nice. Yeah.
0: Uh, you know just a warning Trevor since you've never been on it before it does tend to smell like a barnyard on there
1: um, oh okay so, so <laughs> to, uh, I've been on the original monorail in Disneyland okay, and yeah. that one's actually smaller and gets funkier on a hot day I would think because it's a very enclosed oh, yeah. space so mm-hmm. uh, because it's uh, the the Disneyland one is the Mark 2 and Disney World is the Mark 4 I think I could I probably got those numbers totally wrong. I'm sorry. I think they're further
0: <laughs> than that. I don't know. I is it Mark wrong, 4 or
1: Mark 7? I can't remember.
0: Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, I, mean, I, I can tell you. I should know um, this and, and I
1: feel really Well,
0: okay, so the, the current this. ones <laughs> the current ones at Disney World are the Mark 6.
1: Mark 6. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, I was totally off. <laughs> All right, so that's maybe okay. it's the mark four that's at disneyland but that sounds uh, probably right that sounds but yeah so right. so those ones are a lot smaller for sure and so i'm i so i've been on a monorail i just haven't been on the disney world monorail so yeah i'm gotcha. definitely yeah. prepared for for the, bar, for the how barn it can get. As
0: well. yep. <laughs> I always call that tourist stink, Um, you know, because mm-hmm. <laughs> everybody's been walking around the parks all day and the heat. And, I mean, I, it, I always it call happens. it in the summertime. Yeah, it does. Yep. I, that's, I always say, that, like, I've heard people complain about it. And I'm like, yeah, I don't even know how they could prevent it unless they, like, just have, like, a constant, like, uh ventilation, you know, shooting out the top of it, getting get rid of all the stink. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, I'm I, – I, okay, I'm sorry. I'm going to make a very – Semi inappropriate joke here. Oh no! uh, About how the I don't know if you saw like back in it was earlier this year where one of the doors failed and they were they were going from the TTC to Epcot Mm -hmm. and the door was hanging open. I mean that. That kind of solves your ventilation problem.
0: <laughs> that's that's why it opened in the first <laughs> place. Somebody couldn't stand the smell, and they just pried it open. They're like, I can't do this anymore.
1: Yeah, I, I yeah, got to just stick my head out
0: the window. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, <laughs> uh, tangents. We're going on tangents about yeah. Damon here. Damon's usually the one that takes us off in crazy directions.
1: Yeah, but these are fun ones today. So that's true. That's true. Yeah.
0: Um, so in in the continuation of talking about fun things. Uh, so did, I don't know if you saw this—the giant statue of Woody that has been installed outside of Toy Story Land, next to the Toy Story Land marquee, uh, which is which is there. And of course, it's you know Woody is, is tipping his hat, but it's twenty feet tall, looks super cool. Um, I, and I guess it's kind of what's that?
1: <laughs> All I saw I, I did see about this because plenty of people made articles using the double entendre about. Of course they did. Of course. About they, yeah. a they large did. Woody at. <laughs> yep Disney yep World. Yep,
0: <laughs> yep that's yeah i i i would think that could go there pretty easily <laughs> yeah
1: yeah i mean it's it's obvious and you knew it was gonna happen but you're right the the entrance looks great like i i am so excited for when that place does finally open i think it'll be a fantastic addition to to uh hollywood studios
0: yeah and i you know i i of course this goes along with Having something that large to when you're starting puts you in the mindset of okay, I'm shrinking down to the size of a toy. Although, with it being twenty feet tall, you're much smaller than the size of those toys, I guess. But from all of the concept art I've seen, it seems like you are just smaller than the toys that are in Andy's yard, right?
1: Well, yeah, and I mean the idea is that you know when you look at the the landscaping, everything is that it's almost like you're standing in the grass. So.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know,
1: yeah, so, you know, like, if if you're in the grass, like, like Woody is much taller than that. So it would make sense that, you know, you think of yourself as about the size of, you know, those toys you get out of the 25-cent machines.
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Or one of the Army men, like, one of the little Army men. That's yeah. about your size, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So. No, I yeah. just thought that was cool to mention. And those of you that haven't seen it, I'll, we'll post a picture along with the the podcast announcement on our on our Facebook page. Um, it's, it looks pretty cool. I, am I, I think it's going to be cool. I, I did hear a rumor by the way, Trevor, that they, that they're getting ready to start doing cast member previews followed by DVC previews. But I think it might be too late for you at this point. Unfortunately,
1: I'm Maybe. pretty sure if, if there was anything we could have reserved, I'm sure I would have heard about it by now. Yeah. So I, I, I don't have any, any, um, preconceived notions that I'm going to be in there while I'm there
0: yeah I, I I mean unless you get super lucky and just like, yeah if, if,
1: if there's a miracle soft opening one day, then yes, but I'm not holding out any <laughs> any well, hope for it's, that.
0: It's so early still, and there's a lot of rumors that they're a little behind on construction, so uh you know it, it would be tough for that to happen, but you guys do have reservations for the void though, right? you're doing the VR thing
1: yes, we do we we will be checking that out, so yeah,
0: I'm excited to hear a review of that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you don't worry. You guys will hear all about this stuff when I get back.
0: <laughs> yeah, really excited to hear about that. So, yep So we, uh, we Trevor and I and Damon have t- have been kind of talking forever about having a segment uh, on the show. And since we started creating segments for the show and doing you know production work and uh, actually you know making segments, uh, we decided we wanted to create a new segment, and uh, we we're calling it DizTech and what this is is uh disney technology and actually this week was a good week to start it because man was there a lot of tech stuff Mm -hmm. uh that was that was released or or rumored um and and trevor had asked he wanted to talk uh, a little bit about magic bands because there's a lot of misconceptions out there about magic bands a lot of people don't understand the technology they don't understand how it works they have you know miss they they think things that incorrect things about them that they do and that they don't do. So Trevor's just going to talk a little bit about dispelling uh, some of those different things that magic bands can and cannot do. Yeah.
1: uh, And yeah, thanks Tom. So uh, I guess the first thing is, is that, um, so I'm on Facebook in in a bunch of different groups and I do see people, um, you know, they ask questions about magic bands. They ask about, you know, can I use it to get in here? Even though I bought it for like, you know, I bought it two trips ago. Can I use it to get in here and this and that and all that. Um, and some of the responses that I see just, um, it it just shows, I mean, first of all, the disclaimer, I am a tech guy. I do work in, in it. So this stuff is very second nature to me, but, um, Part of my job, you know, as an IT guy is that I do help to try and demystify some of the things that, you know, go on in IT. Because if you don't understand it, it does look like magic, which in the case of magic bands is kind of a good thing. But I do like to, you know, help people be educated and understand how these things work so that, you know, it, you can make the technology work for you, right? And I guess the, the first thing about magic bands is that Um, or I guess the simplest way to understand magic bands is that uh, it's basically like a code check service, believe it or not. Um, I know it sounds weird, but um, people seem to think that, you know, with the magic band itself, that, that, that band is, you know, specific to you and it holds a bunch of information specific to you, but it actually doesn't. Uh, The magic band is actually just, um, it's what would be called, I guess, a dumb device. So, the Magic Band itself is. Uh, I uses, like the
0: term "dumb device." Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's
1: not a smart device because it doesn't actually do anything. All it does is give you access to do things. Um, the Magic Band itself uses something called RFID technology, which is um, radio frequency identification technology. So, um, it, so all it has in it is a couple of little chips, and there's actually two. Or, well, there's there's one chip that has a serial number of sorts in it right so that serial number is just you know a number it's actually when you when you you know go to set up a magic band and you punch in the the number on the the magic band that's letting the system know that you have that particular serial number and then the magic band itself has it has that chip and it has two uh, rfid antennas in it um a short range and a long range one so your short range antenna is that so? You know when you go up to, uh, like, when you go into the park and you scan your Magic Band, or when you go to a Fast Pass and you put your Magic Band up against that little scanner thing, um, that's your short-range RFID. And the thing about that is that it only has a range on it. Of I, I actually looked this up, so I, I did some reading on the actual Magic Band technology because some people have done teardowns on it and everything. So that that short-range antenna is only good up to like ten centimeters, or well, so. Shoot, what is that in inches?
0: <laughs> what's, that, what's that in American, Trevor? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh,
1: 10 centimeters is uh, – I let me get Google up here. Uh, I should know this. But I feel like we I don't. should all know this. <laughs> yeah. So uh, about, th- four, about inches. four inches, yeah. yeah. yeah so so say. from four inches away is as far as those short-range scanners go. But then the next question is, is how is it when you're on a ride – like, you know, Tower of Terror or Seven Dwarfs Mind Train that, you know, it, you get your your photo or your video without having to actually scan your magic band or like when you're on Small World and it says goodbye to you at the end of the ride and knows your name. That's actually the second antenna that goes inside of the magic band, which is a long range uh, RFID uh, antenna. And the thing about that one is that it's it's good up to 50 feet ah, I, I converted already. Uh, <laughs> fi, <so laughs> nice it already so it's, it's about 50 feet line of sight so so that means it has to be whatever is scanning your magic band has to be visible so if you know if you're if you're hiding your magic band under your like if, if you, you're sitting on your hands or something uh, it's not gonna necessarily register your magic band with the, with the long-range scanner The other thing about that that long-range antenna is that it actually has to have a battery in it. So so in order to do that long range is that your magic band is broadcasting your little serial number over to a receiver that's sitting 50 feet away. So so that that's the two different antennas that are going on inside of the magic band. And so the thing to keep in mind with that is that, you know, people talk about, um, or I, I've seen some things, you know, people saying, oh, you know, if, if you... Um, disable your magic band, it'll save your battery or this or that or whatever. But the problem is, is that if you disable your magic band in the system, um, that antenna is still running. So so the battery powered antenna, which is your long range RFID antenna, it never stops running, but it's very low power and it's the kind of thing like they, that's where they, they say, you know, these magic bands will last for about two years with the battery inside of them. And that's not to say that the magic band becomes useless after those two years either, right? Because um, even that's just the battery for the long range antenna mm-hmm. if that fails that just means you know if you're on if you're on tower of terror you're not going to get the video at the end of the ride because because your magic band didn't get scanned for that but you can still use the short range to enter the parks do your fast passes do all like enter your your room at your hotel and all that kind of stuff um so what like i said whenever i see these questions about magic bands i i, I hope that you know to our listeners out there you know I hope this helps. And if you guys have more questions or if you've got more insight into how these things work, um, definitely hit us up in the comments because, you know, I do, I do like reading about this stuff. I do like knowing more information, but everything that I've read so far about them, um, this is how I understand that it works is that it's just a, it's a very simple device. It just has a serial number in it. And all that serial number is doing is, you know, when you scan your magic band, it's going into the system and saying, which account is this serial number tied to? And then, and then that's how they're getting all their, your information. So so if yeah. you guys have any more knowledge or insight into it, um, yeah, let us know. But hopefully this helps some people kind of understand how they work and so it, they're not as concerned about, you know, is my magic band going to stop working? Is it, you know, going to work for this and not work for that and all that kind of thing. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. That makes total sense. I, I actually, it's funny, you were talking about technology and magic before, and I, I always think about the... Um, the Arthur C. Clarke quote: uh, "Any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic."
1: Yes, I love that. I love that quote. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's true. And 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 yeah. What, once you once you understand the magic, it's it, magic bands become less magic. But I, I guess for me is you know some people say you know you're ruining the magic, but uh, I actually appreciate it more. Oh, I yeah. guess so because you know because it works. Yeah. yeah because it, it is actually a very complex system, and I do respect. How they implemented it, because it like it, it's the design behind it that's more impressive to me than actually the little rubber thing that goes on my wrist.
0: <laughs> I no, I I totally agree with that. i It's you know the one that always reminds me. I like I I, I always and I don't know if you've done this one at, at Disney World, yet, Trevor, but you definitely should. Even though it's it's geared towards much I think younger kids than yours. But um, bell's Ench- Enchanted Tales. I don't know if you did that when we were there last time. Uh, but- no. So there is a beginning and this is not, I should, I guess I'll say spoiler alert, but um, there's when you you walk into this room in the beginning, you're like, well, where do we go from this room? It's just, you know, there's no, there's the only door that's there is the one you came through and there's a big mirror on the wall and they do this little thing, uh, you know, this little show and they say, you know, well, I forget exactly what they say for it. But all of a sudden the mirror, you know, there's all sorts of magical projections around the mirror and the mirror stretches to become a door like stretches oh. out full length to become a door. And I remember the first time I saw that, I was like, I, I, in my mind, I was like, okay, I know that's not real, but that was amazing. Uh, and that was like one of the coolest things <laughs> I've ever seen. Um, and it just blew my mind. Like, we'll, we go we go to see Bells and Jams and Tails just to see that and uh, some of the animatronics that they have in it. Um, but just really? cause the technology is incredible in it. I mean... Uh, just the different things that they have as part of it. Some of the effects on the show, like the Lumiere uh, uh, animatronic, the candle, you know, from Beauty and the Beast, Um, the way he moves and everything. It just, the technology in that show is so underrated. And uh, the, the uh, talking about things that feel like magic. When I saw that mirror turn into a door, I was like, wow. Like it just (laughs) was amazing. It was amazing. It blew my mind. And I feel like it's one of those things that people don't talk about that much.
1: I, I feel like the way you're describing it, it, it sounds very similar to like the stretching room.
0: Yes, like it, it's
1: it's that that illusion of you know things changing as you're standing there. Which yeah, that that's totally a very magical thing, and I can appreciate that. And I I'll have to try and convince my ten year old son that we need to go and watch. <laughs>
0: I think in you should check details. it out. Yeah, if it's, it, it frequently has like a twenty-minute wait, and you can definitely get in there pretty. It, it always it's always one of those ones that has like an additional fast pass available. You know what I mean? Right. And I think it's a lot of people just don't know what it is. But I'm I'm telling you, just that opening scene like is worth it because, like you're talking about with the stretching room, you know, if you're looking at it, you can figure it out. You know, you can see some of the pieces of it and how it works. This one, I'm just looking at it, and it's it looks like a mirror. Like it looks like a legitimate mirror and then somehow the mirror part disappears and it's a doorway and it's just it's mind blowing it's it's so cool when you see it so anyway that's going okay. off on a tangent but <laughs> no no that,
1: that that's good to know we, we, i will try to get that on the list for sure when we're down there
0: definitely do it yep. um so, uh, that being said, we're talking about fast passes, even though what I'm about to say it's not about fast passes, but and about in park waiting. magic, yes, <laughs> and in park magic um I think this is interesting, so uh, Disney is coming out with uh, something they're calling the play Disney Parks app, and it's launching in the summer. They don't say exactly when, but it's it's going to be launching in the summertime, and basically, the idea behind this it's you're gonna when you're kind of waiting in line um it's there's gonna be games that you can play. Uh, it looks like different ways that you can ar- interact with the surrounding environment from a phone, um, <laughs> and you can access exclusive experiences. Um, and this is both for Disneyland and Disney World, and it's both for iOS and Android. Um, but I, I thought this was really interesting, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, okay, uh, I, it, it reminds me a lot. I don't know if you, when you were there last time, and you went on soren Soren now has like a has like a trivia competition if you wait in the queue line, um, and you know, and you do it from your phone. You don't do it from. Uh, you used to be able to play games just by like waving and stuff, you know, and, and doing all sorts of different things in the in the soaring queue line. But now this is like a thing you log into your phone and you do this trivia competition, and you can put a name in and all that fun stuff. So I'm just thinking of this as almost like the new. I don't know. This is this is the new like uh, interactive queue in a way. Yeah,
1: and and actually, so when they uh, they've done something similar to this at Disneyland. So, oh, okay. Yeah. So what they did was, uh, so there's a, a show in uh, DCA called world of color. And um, so while you're waiting for world of color, there's a website you go to on the, you have to be on the Disney wifi and in the park to use it. Um, but you play a game. It, w- it was like a same thing. It was kind of a trivia game, but then um, you would get a score. So as you were going through answering the questions, you would, you would get a score. And then whoever got the highest score that was waiting in the area. Um would actually get control over the lighting pattern on Mickey's fun wheel so oh, so wow. before the show started there uh, Mickey's fun wheel it, like it, it's always changing colors and stuff like that but then whoever won the show they actually got a little uh, a little app that would pop up and they could pick different patterns and stuff and change how how the uh, the fun wheel was lit up huh. so yeah it oh. It's I wonder cool. if that'll be
0: like integrated into this new app. Like, if, since that was a website before, I wonder if they'll keep that but put it into this new app as part oh, of.
1: Yeah, probably. And, and and I can see more stuff like that where you know, yeah, you're either maybe there will be things where you know it's competitive, you're playing against other people, or yeah, maybe it'll be trivia type things like on Soren or just general things in, in line. You know, I, I know for me and my family, like when we're waiting in line, we we do have our phones with us. And uh, have you ever played uh, Heads Up? that that game that I, Ellen promotes?
0: I haven't played it, but I've seen people playing it online every single time I've ever been online at a Disney <laughs> Disney line. So
1: Yeah, and, and the thing about heads up is that they actually have uh, they have decks that are specific to Disney and it's the same thing. You can only access those decks when you're at Disney. So um, so yeah we've always used those in line because you know it's it it helps pass the time. And it sounds like this is again next level of that is that they'll have more things like that um the interactive things what i can see them using is uh um it, do you know what uh, glyph tracking technology is
0: glyph tracking that so sounds familiar
1: it, it's an augmented reality thing so so basically the idea behind it is you know you use your camera on your phone and then when you when you point your camera at something a uh, a glyph is like a, a it's like a design think of like a qr code but it doesn't have to necessarily be a qr code it can be like Um, like a, like a, a particular design of, of any kind. Actually kind of like, um, if, have you ever done, um, Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom, the, the Mm -hmm. card game? So, so the little symbols on the cards, like, you know, when you point your card at, uh, at the, the different screens and, and it'll do like, it's the different attacks or whatever.
0: It does the different things. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That that's an example of glyph tracking is that the symbols on those cards tell the system what to do so i can see them doing something like that with this app as well where you know you point your phone at something and then you'll see on your screen like like uh, in my head i keep seeing like you know you're in line for the little mermaid ride and you look at something and then sebastian will pop up on your screen that that just seems obvious to me right that you know it'll be like an interactive augmented reality thing right so
0: well, yeah, and I, I you know, I, I assume at some point this is going to extend to rides too, where, you know, you're going to be able to customize your experience somehow with those. I, I was thinking, you know, they keep talking about all this customization that's going to be able to happen at Star Wars land. Uh, I, my, I do wonder if there's going to be some portion of that through this app as well, although. I feel like that kind of ruins. Just not on the ride.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know. I
0: agree. Um, And I also am thinking to myself: Well, are they going to use an app called Play Disney Parks when you're in Star Wars Land, when you're supposed to be paying to pay? You know, believing that you're in this in this immersive land and somewhere else. Like, does that kind of ruin the immersion? I don't know. Maybe Mm. they'd have their own app or something. I don't know. (laughs) Well, no.
1: I mean, the thing is, is when you're standing in line, like people have their phones out anyway, so. I mean, I I would think that's kind of the idea, but yeah, you're right. So you, you don't want people running around the park, you know, with their phones out, you know. Yeah. That's I true. mean, it, it already happens enough as it is, and there's already enough people that you know have their phones out on the rides when they should just be you know enjoying, enjoying the life. ride. Yeah. Instead, <laughs> instead of looking at the ride through the phone, actually looking at the ride. So I'm I, I hope
0: with you, I'm with you on this. Yeah, <laughs> I, I
1: hope that it's really controlled and that you know it's very specific scenarios that they have you doing this is yeah you know you are in line for something and kind of like how they have the games in the interactive queues and stuff where you know as you're going through the queue you're doing something but then by the end of the queue you put your phone away you get on the ride and you actually you know ride the ride
0: (laughs) yeah and i i agree with that because i I don't know if you waited in the queue for seven dwarves mind train but i have a couple times um but there's like this game that everybody likes to play towards towards like when you walk into the mountain. And it actually backs up the line because people get so into playing that mm-hmm. they, all of a sudden, now there's a huge gap in the line. And I always wonder in those situations, I'm like, okay, is it okay to pass them or, you know, because they decided they're going to stop. You uh, know, I, I think <laughs> that's
1: totally fair. If, if you're going right? to stop and play around in the queue, I mean... I like like the queue you, is designed that you've given up your, spot.
0: That, you've yeah, given up your spot line <laughs> but but really
1: I mean at that point is you know if if you're going to stop and mess about with the game then you know you're going to have another 10 or 15 people in front of you which really you know you're you're adding what an extra 5 minutes to your day like
0: exactly 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 yeah. but anyway I so the w- the reason I bring that up is you know this could be kind of a solution to that because it's, it doesn't hold up the line if you're looking at your phone necessarily. You know, people are usually still moving. I mean, I've seen plenty of people who are distracted and <laughs> hold up the line. But it's it, this is a little bit different, I feel like. I feel like it would be a, a little bit better to, uh, you know, keep the line moving. But I don't know. I thought this was really an interesting thing uh, and an interesting concept.
1: Yeah, it, it definitely has lots of potential, but they need to implement it correctly, right? Like you said, yeah, they exactly. need to make sure that it's not – it doesn't, you know – result in a bunch of people all clustered around an area kind of like um think about how pokemon go was as a phenomenon when it first came out where you know suddenly yeah, people would yeah. be at a at a pokestop or you know a a, a, a a rare pokemon would spawn and there would suddenly be a mob of people everywhere you don't want that kind of thing happening in the parks more than it already does at times so
0: Man that that whole fad disappeared within like 10 minutes didn't it
1: <laughs> Oh no I mean it's still at least around here people are still doing it not, but yeah it's, it's, like it's kind of to toned down yeah.
0: yeah like it was crazy for like an, a month there and then <laughs>
1: Oh yeah
0: um okay so anyway uh yeah I think this is a cool addition I'll be interested to see how it's implemented and see some of the different things that they do with it so mm-hmm. um, the next thing I wanted to bring up and this is a cool thing I I and I don't know if everybody thinks this is cool or not I do Uh, because I I think this is really cool because I think it really fits in um, with a lot of what Disney tries to do in general and and also a lot with the Epcot theme and and what I like to think that that Walt Disney himself would have liked. And that's uh, that uh, Disney's building another um, solar farm, uh, solar panel farm. So... They actually, uh, some of you may know, may know that they uh, built a solar farm in the shape of uh, Mickey Mouse uh, right outside of Epcot. You can actually yep. see it from overhead overhead maps, uh, satellite images. It's pretty cool to look at. I, I'm always amazed when I look at that. I'm like, man, they really got the shape like perfect, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is kind of cool considering it's you know square, or rectangular panels. But besides that. Um, they've decided they're going to do uh, another solar project, and this time they're going to use 270 acres and build a 50 megawatt solar farm. Um, so to put that's 500,000 solar panels. And basically, to put that in perspective, Disney actually put out a uh, a little flyer about this. And basically, on average, the new solar facility will equate to uh, two Disney theme parks. So basically, these new solar facilities, when they're uh, operating at an average you know capacity, will be able to power two whole Disney World theme parks how cool is that i mean that's amazing
1: (laughs) Uh, that's great i mean yeah they they need to do something with it right because i mean just the fact that the parks are getting bigger and they're they are drawing more power because i mean like i mean look at even look at avatar for as being as natural as it's looking i mean that whole place lights up at night and a lot of electricity yeah that power has to come from somewhere so yeah
0: well and this 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 will these these just this solar farm will, during peak sun hours, will uh, provide up to twenty five percent of all of Disney World's power needs, which I mean is pretty cool. And when I think about this, I always think of uh, the. And it's too bad Damon isn't here for this, but I always think of the old universe of energy that you know had the solar panels yeah. on the roof. Like that was the first time I had ever seen solar panels, and really at the time, I I mean that was a pretty revolutionary thing and if i remember correctly the solar panels were actually functional on that building they they used to power the the vehicles in the it, building
1: it helped with power i think it did like not it, the whole it charged yeah, a, a battery yeah.
0: yeah let me let me let me correct that it didn't <laughs> power the entire attraction that's for sure because at that time uh you know the the solar panel technology was not where it is now and uh so it, it definitely wasn't able to power the whole attraction but I, I just always remember that and then i always think of like you know what epcot was all about and fostering technology and uh and those types of things and i feel like this is really kind of within that mission and and i just think it's really neat that they're doing this and that's it, it is under technology because i, I view solar panels as technology right so yeah
1: no that's uh, fair I, i i think it's a good one to bring up that yeah they're they're trying to solve their problems before it becomes a problem right
0: yeah and i also don't think that most people know how environmentally friendly disney world is you know there's obviously a lot of uh waste that comes with running disney world right you have a ton of cups and plates and all those types of things, but you know, regardless of whether you throw a plastic bottle in the recycling or into the garbage, that still gets recycled. There are people that go through your garbage and find those find those recyclables and still recycle them. The Disney composts. I mean, uh, they do things like uh, their their sewage treatment plant that you know uh, treats all the sewage for all the parks. They turn all of uh, the waste from that into fertilizer for the plants. Uh, so, I mean, they are just a very eco-friendly, uh, resort and it's really neat to see that they do things like this. So,
1: and you know what, when I was at, um, animal kingdom last year, it was actually the first time I've ever seen paper straws.
0: Oh yeah. Paper straws. Yeah. yeah
1: which I, I wish, <laughs> I wish that was more of a thing. Like it, it's, it's a pretty, I mean, it's a small thing, but it's really a big thing is, you know, all the little like, yeah, just, you know, buying a cup, like buying a, uh, a, uh, a, a, a drink. You know, you've got you've got a paper cup, which a lot of times those aren't even recyclable, and then yep. a plastic lid, and then a plastic straw. Which I've actually found out because uh, up here that our recycling programs are really ramping up is that yeah, some of those things aren't actually recyclable, which is really sad sure. they, that they can't reuse those. But then you know, seeing that you know paper straws are a thing, that I I think that's really cool because they're actually uh, they can be those can be recycled. They're, they're compo- compostable and all that. So.
0: Well, and and from what I'd seen, too, just from... I think they have signs about it, too. And I think the big reason that they have the paper straws there is because of the animals, I guess. That yeah. They don't want plastic getting into the exhibits, which makes sense. But it's also, you know... I'm sure it's also because the, the park is very eco-friendly and very much, uh, you know, all about um, the environment and things like that, too. So I'm sure that's a big part of it, as well. Yeah,
1: I, like I said, I would be fine with that spreading even outside of Animal Kingdom, because... Yeah. Yeah, we need we do Agreed. need more of that.
0: Yeah, so uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, you know, in, uh, another technology thing that we were going to talk about really, really quickly here is that this was actually something that Damon brought up last week. He was like, have we talked about this <laughs> <His> thing? <dream.
1: laughs> yeah, well, he, yeah. The, he, he swore he was dreaming when he saw this. He, but... <laughs> he
0: thought he was dreaming. And then he also couldn't, to be fair, he couldn't describe it very properly. He was he was trying, but he was he's mm-hmm. like, the pictures, the thing with the pictures and the, and, you know. So anyway, we figured out what he was talking about eventually, um, and 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 I don't know how we missed this news, and, and you know because this was a, a week or so or a couple weeks ago, um, but basically a new patent was published uh, called uh, multimedia system for transforming any room into a show environment, um, and basically the system it's a system that can convert any room into an immersive experience. So, um, and this, there's a quote that's in the document that, that says, "Conventional thinking in the hotel industry has been that it is desirable to make their guests feel very comfortable while they sleep, but to otherwise encourage their guests to leave the room to, to partake in entertaining activities such as shopping, dining on site, or elsewhere in a resort or nearby city." So, basically, I, I mean, this is obviously for the Star Wars hotel, right? Mm-hmm. It has to be. It has to. Yeah, be.
1: <laughs> I, I can't see what else it could be. Like, <laughs> I
0: mean, this is i mean and and basically what this does is it like um the, the so I'll, I'll just read off this article here too uh the in room show system will include everything from lighting controls to audio to and mention of turning on stills and video playback there'll be a show controller for the system which links to many devices like keyboard mouses, touch screens monitors voice recognition um and so like things can be projected onto the walls uh you know it it, it seems to me like I'm always thinking to myself like can I walk into my room and like say like uh you know hey room uh turn on the TV to this channel and then like you know what I mean great tea like, hot yeah and then and, yeah exactly and then like the lights <laughs> the lights will come up and then you know the it'll project onto the wall I don't know it just seems like there's a lot of cool stuff that can be done with this
1: yeah uh, for sure and and I mean you know they they kind of do some of this I guess with the uh, well it's not really to the same level but like in some of the rooms in some of the theme rooms it's like i know in port orleans it's like they got fireworks on the headboard like you push a button and and little fireworks go off and it it sounds like yeah this is like that next level where you really get like you know like cool projections and cool things that happen in the room and and like in in uh in the star wars hotel like I'm, i'm wondering if like you know you will be sitting there you know eating dinner and all of a sudden you know like an x-wing flies by or something <laughs> outside the room and you know you hear the shots going off and everything so
0: that'd be pretty cool
1: yeah it, i mean it, you're right is it, it it's it, i can't i can't see it being used for anything outside of star wars right now even though the the patent doesn't directly mention that and they will. i'm sure they probably have multiple plans for this it's just this is the sure. only one that we're aware of right now
0: <laughs> exactly exactly and there's another quote in here too that i think like really kind of talks about what this thing does it says quote later in the day when reservations are not possible or the family wants to stay in the show system may be switched to match room service with an accompanying whole room audio visual theming to a guest chosen or meal matching scene or setting uh, example provide an illusion that the room is actually a dining room at a particular restaurant or in some exotic outdoor setting hmm yeah (laughs) Yeah. which what kind of exotic outdoor setting do you think that might be Um, i don't know know, some planet or you know maybe space yeah Yeah, maybe space maybe just straight up space this actually i feel like almost is part of that space restaurant too that they kind of that they announced at d23 but we really haven't heard anything about since then that that restaurant you know where where you're going to be like in space or whatever Mm -hmm. it's going to be at upcon maybe this has something to do with it, but uh, the quote goes on too and says, uh, gaming can be augmented such with, uh, playing projection enhanced board games. Um, again, very star <laughs> Wars, right? <laughs> Gee, chess, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> and then it says when outdoor displays such as resort light shows, fireworks, and so on are being missed, the room can be used to provide an unobstructed in room view of the light show fireworks or other show. So, in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, you could say watch the fireworks and then the whole – all of the walls turn into like a like a 360 view of the fireworks at Magic Kingdom or something.
1: Well, or the Star Wars fireworks. Yeah, if exactly. If we're keeping with the Star Wars thing here. Of, of course, <laughs> of course,
0: keeping with the Star Wars thing. But yeah. I, it's I, it seems like there's so many possibilities for for this and it just seems very, very cool.
1: And, and the more you're – like as you're talking about like, like you know, changing the di- – to match, you know – your dining experience and all that, this is starting to sound very like Star Trekish, And I'm sorry to bring up Star Trek as we're talking about Star Wars, but you're allowed to, st- you're allowed to like, bring up Star Trek. It's there. It's cool. Yeah, I know. But but some people get sensitive about that. Oh, and really? Okay. Yeah. There's a whole Trekkie Star Wars thing. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but yeah, it, it, it almost sounds like a holodeck, doesn't it? Like, oh, like you yeah, know, yeah, you, yeah, you just walk yeah. into a room and you say, you know, make it this setting and then, yeah so that's that's a that's a good point yeah huh yeah that, that, that's gonna
0: be so cool this is just gonna be so
1: cool I, I i'm i'm really trying not to hype myself up and be to the point of being disappointed when it finally comes around but it, it does have a ton of potential it really does like they, there's so much they can do with this kind of technology
0: Yeah, and uh, it just and I'm also thinking though. I mean, outside of Star Wars, there's all sorts of cool things they could do with this. I mean, they could do highly themed rooms at other resorts as well. I mean, Mm -hmm. depending on how much this technology costs, uh, you know, that's that's another thing. Who knows how much it costs? But I mean, they could do some really. I mean, we talked a long time ago. I remember we we didn't joke, but we were we were kind of brought up the idea of like, what if there was like an Avatar themed hotel? right Matt Q- this could apply to that too you could have an yeah. immersive avatar themed hotel room um you know there's so there's, there's lots of possibilities for it and it's it's really pretty neat but it has to this has to be for star wars there's no <laughs> way it's for anything else
1: well and, and i'm also yeah as, as we're talking about that is i'm thinking back to um when we stayed at caribbean beach we actually spent uh, a couple of days in one of the pirate themed rooms yeah and that in and of itself was pretty awesome like like you know having everything themed but you know Again, if you want to talk that next level is imagine if they take those theme rooms and suddenly you know there's a pirate ship going across the walls. Oh yeah. Or you know like like pictures start talking to you and stuff like that. Like <laughs> like gosh, like Well, yeah, yeah, and they know
0: your names because you're in your room, right? So they can yeah. directly address you. Oh man. There's so many cool things. I mean,
1: that, that's cool, but that I mean, that could also be nightmare fuel at the same time. It would probably time. creep me out too. Yeah, yeah. It, would, it
0: would creep me out too. <laughs> All right. Well, let's yeah. let's move on to the next thing. Yeah. Um, More fun about, with creepy yeah. things. <laughs> so um, Disney recently uh, showed off a prototype for something called they're calling a force jacket. And I, I like to believe that they're probably uh, you know, they're doing a little Star Wars thing there, right? <laughs> By calling well, it a force jacket.
1: But y- Yes and no. I mean yes, yes
0: and no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, I just I like the cross promotion. But mm-hmm. um, uh basically what this is, you know, right now current VR and um, you know, AR technology and you know, so virtual reality and augmented reality technology, um, you know, you're really just kind of seeing things, right? And so Disney's working on something called a force jacket where basically you're going to be wearing, well, you could wear this jacket, which um, while you're experiencing things in virtual reality, you can uh, feel, you know, things touching you, uh, squeezing, punching, hugging, um, you know, it even says that you can feel the sensation of a snake moving across your body while wearing this jacket. (laughs) Um, This this is crazy and, and really cool. And this is just a prototype, but, I like. First of all, I can't see this ever being used in a Disney ride. Can you imagine having to get on a ride and put on like a jacket? That would be a, a no. nightmare. <laughs> yeah. No. It,
1: it, this is more like, um, kind of like the, the void. void. Yeah. The void, is yeah. yeah. You know that that you know tuned experience. Very. And actually, maybe even that. Um, going back to the Star Wars Hotel is you know part of these experiences is maybe part of it is you know you go to do an interaction and you have to put on you know, uh, a stormtrooper vest or something like that. And so oh. you actually feel, you know, when, when, you know, things are going off, you can feel, you know, like blasts going off and everything. Yeah. Through, if it's put the in best, right.
0: If it's put in the context of like a costume that you're wearing. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's, that's yeah. be, cause, right. Cause if it's just <laughs> like, okay, I'm wearing a costume, I'm dressed like a, you know, like a Jedi or whatever. And then it's built into that. And then yeah. you feel that stuff. That would be cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, so so that's where I can see that kind of thing because again, the, the, you're right in the standard uh, in the standard theme park context. Having wearable tech is it's a good and a bad thing. Bad in that you know you've got so many people going through there. Is how do you like? I mean, even just look at the glasses they use for like Star Tours. Is you know they have to keep those like they have to keep cleaning them because you know you can't have like they, germs yeah, yeah germ, germs get transmitted so it gets even worse when you're talking you know actual garments that people wear like they have to keep those things maintained and i think you know in a more controlled environment you know where it's a an interaction or something where where you know you've got less people and it, and it's more tuned to the individual that's where this makes more sense to me i don't see it being at a larger larger scale like you know part of the the millennium falcon ride or anything like that
0: yeah, I, I would agree with you. It's just the loading times for it would be ridiculous. It would just be impossible for them to maintain that. It would be for more of the unique individual experiences, but definitely a cool idea. And and going along that that route of cool ideas, um, and yep. this was something <laughs> you actually found, Trevor. I, um, I
1: I like this one because it's. It's funny to me, but <laughs> do you want me to introduce? Yeah, it? you go yeah. right ahead. I, okay. I
0: assumed if if Damon was here, he'd probably bring this on me and make fun of me for this somehow. But
1: <laughs> so so the, yeah, th- this one is uh, um, they filed a patent for a uh, a ride thrill level um, meter of some sort. So the idea is is that when you get on a ride. Um, the ride can sense various biometrics. So like, you know, heart rate, skin temperature, facial expressions, um, gestures, all that kind of stuff. And then it actually tailors the experience to how you're feeling. So if you're very, you know, um, stressed out or whatever, it'll dial down the amount of, or the intensity of the ride. But if you know, you're, you're happy and you're enjoying it, then the, it can make the ride easier more intense so it 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 makes the idea is is that they're going to take rides and tailor them to individuals you know people that are you know wanting a less exciting uh or, or less extreme interaction or less extreme experience will get that but then the people that want the extreme experience will get what they want and actually it's funny because you know i think this actually speaks and i mean damon will probably correct me on this as well but I think this is actually something that would speak to what he keeps saying about how, you know, a lot of Disney rides aren't as extreme as he necessarily wants them to be. And this is a way to allow both of those is that, you know, you get, you get the experiences that are more for, you know, younger families or people that, you know, don't deal with, with, uh, extreme situations very well, but then the people that want those kinds of things can get them all in the same place. But (laughs) yeah, But the funny thing about this, and and I said this uh, (laughs) on Facebook is, you know, if you want the most extreme, uh, if you want the most extreme, uh, um, experience out of this do you basically have to ride a ride with a poker face so that the, <laughs> it'll keep ramping it up so that you know but like you know don't be don't be sad or, or upset or anything but just be like you know this isn't this is boring stone i don't face. like yeah. stone
0: face yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like
1: bored through the whole ride and then you get the most crazy thing that you love at the end but you have to be like completely stoic through the whole thing
0: <laughs> i did find it interesting too this patent mentioned too that it could like so if that's the case it could take you on a different path maybe Right? So like with yeah. like their trackless rides it could take you on a different path. Um, you know, maybe that's more intense or whatever. But it's it's hilarious that you bring that up. That it's like <laughs> yeah, I mean or like if somebody looks terrified, is it just gonna be kind of a lame version of the ride? I, I almost don't like the idea of it automatically adjusting. Like I almost wanna choose because I think sometimes it is fun to be scared, right? So or fun to Uh, not know what's going to happen and then and then just kind of you know you know scream basically you know yell and and that's a fun feeling and if if it's just taking that away by making it less extreme i feel like you're almost missing out on something
1: right And, and i think but that does play into you know people that that get very anxious about you know those rides and you know feeling motion sick and all that kind of thing is that I think this is to help take some of that away, but I actually kind of look at it the same as, you know, like mission space is a good example where you have the orange and the green side, right. And orange is the intense, you know, that's what you want. You want that, that crazy, um, you know, high G force, uh, crazy feeling, but then the green side is the more, you know, mellow, you're just kind of going along for the visual and, you know, almost, almost like pirates of the Caribbean type ride right yeah exactly (laughs) yeah so i I was
0: i I, I was almost thinking of it like if you're on dinosaur like maybe the that the the movement of the car would be a little bit less accentuated and and if you want the less extreme version and if it was more extreme it would be like a little bouncier you know what i mean that kind of thing
1: yeah and i mean i can see them doing stuff like that too or yeah or or again you know even like star tours right is you know kind of how Star Tours has the different paths you can go down and, and it seems to, sh- to shuffle it is, you know, maybe adjusting that, that, you know, if, if everybody's, you know, really hyped up is that you get a really crazy, you know, space fight of some sort. But then if everybody's, you know, not liking it as much, then you go to Endor and you just kind of cruise through the forest and you're done, right? So Yeah,
0: yeah, that's, that's a good <laughs> point. I,
1: I like it. Yeah. yeah, Interesting.
0: So that's, I think that's the end of our, of our uh, different, you know, are, are, all the different things that we were going to talk about technology-wise. Yeah. Well, although our two rumors are kind of tech-oriented, so um, we're going to head into the rumor section here. And yeah, uh, this first rumor, what are you going to say, Trevor? Going to say well, I,
1: I was going to say they they are tech, but they're they're more like here and now kind of things. They're not, you know, future. Yeah that's true future things. It's, you know, these, these are things that need to happen. I think.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. So yeah. those of you that have visited Disney world recently and use the bus system, I've noticed that they now have uh, bus wait times at the bus stops when you're waiting. Uh, now, of course these aren't they're never going to be completely accurate and I, I and unfortunately i think a lot of people look at these and they go oh it says it's going to be here in nine minutes it's going to be here in exactly nine minutes anybody who's ever used google maps or you know any sort of map system to go somewhere understand that traffic happens uh you know <laughs> things happen
1: well, i mean like even riding your your standard city bus you know yeah it, it, yeah it can't be 100 percent accurate all the time it can't
0: be But so a lot of people had for the longest time thought that this would capability would move to the My Disney Experience app. And it looks like that is going to be happening. So this is a rumor right now. We don't know if this is true or not. But uh, uh, Walt Disney World News today is is actually uh, reporting that this is um, something that is going to be coming to My Disney Experience where you're going to be able to view those bus wait times from uh, from the app, which I think would be great. I, I think that's something a great addition to My Disney Experience.
1: Honestly, I, I think it's an easy win, right? Because oh, yeah, totally. I mean, they're you know they're they're spending you know time and money on those monitors that they have at each bus stop, which they definitely should still keep those because you oh, know not sure, a, yeah. not everybody has sure. access to My Disney Experience or things to use it. So you know, or even bus... knows that it
0: exists. There's lots yeah. of people that don't even know it's there. So yeah,
1: exactly. You know, not, yeah, everybody coming to Disney World doesn't necessarily have a phone or 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 well, yeah, have the app or have the intent of even using the app. So. So it's good that they keep them there, but yeah, having it in MDE, it, it seems obvious because it, it's just another it's another system that they can hook into. Yep. From uh, again looking at things from the technical side, from the back end, assuming that that it's set up correctly, is that it's just a feed. It'll be the same feed that you'll see on the screen at the bus stop, exactly. but it'll just be inside MDE. Which for me will be great because you know I can be in my room. And, I, and so, you know, I don't have to run out to the bus stop and find that I'm going to be standing there for 20 minutes. Yep. I mean, you still don't want to, you know, leave it to the last minute. But, you know, if of I course. if I see it's, you know, oh, the next bus is like, you know, 30 minutes away or whatever, is, you know, I'm not going to be in a rush to get out there. But you, you can kind of gauge your time a little bit better, right? So Yeah,
0: I, th- I that's exactly right. You know, I just think about in the morning when, you know, I'm, I want to go out to the bus stop and, and get to the park as early as possible. If I could look on, from my room and find out, how long it was until the bus was coming and that would really kind of help me with you know getting ready in the morning figuring out how long and i have to take you know for where we need to leave now you know yeah. <laughs> so, and really give me a good idea of my schedule i i think it's great as long as as long as you have the expectation that bus times are not always going to be a thousand percent accurate uh, you know, buses get delayed or they get rerouted sometimes. so just because the time goes up on it doesn't mean it's inaccurate. It, in fact, it just means it's really accurate, right? It's just recalculating it uh, to what the the current uh, uh, time is. so I, I think this is a great piece of piece of uh, technology to add to this so
1: yeah, and, and you know it's it's funny actually. I'm thinking about so when when I was a kid um, in my city our our uh, transit system, they actually used to have a phone system that you could call in for your bus stop. So you would dial a number and then put in your bus stop number and it would tell you how long it was until your next bus was coming, which um, I I remember as a, like, you know, being in like junior high and high school, I would call this number and then, you know, they would be like, oh yeah, you know, the bus is arriving in three minutes and then I'd be sprinting down the street (laughs) to try and catch the bus. And And I can see the same kind of thing happening where, you know, I check MDE and it's like... We gotta go now. <laughs>
0: we gotta leave. We gotta get to the room yeah. Forget the sunscreen. We'll, yeah, we'll put it on the way. Yeah, I don't care.
1: Just, shoes? You don't need shoes. Let's go. <laughs> exactly. That's so
0: gonna happen. No, uh, but seriously. People
1: put on your shoes, but yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you, you need them. They won't let yeah. you in the <laughs> park without them. Exactly.
0: <laughs> so uh, <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um so just to end this thing today uh the the big rumor that's out there and this is exciting to me yeah uh, and I'm sure it's exciting to everybody is that Disney has ordered new monorail trains um for Walt Disney World to replace the original uh, not the original but uh the current fleet which is was put into service in 1989 let that sink in for a second um,
1: that the- is 30 years
0: 30 they're almost 30 years old i believe the the actual lifespan of them was supposed to be 15 years so (laughs) they are almost double their original lifespan which is pretty amazing um and so the rumor is that the main street theater project was actually canceled to pay for the new trains and this is partly in response to the issue that happened with the door we mentioned it earlier the Mm -hmm. door that opened um mid mid uh you know uh, travel you know while it was traveling uh that door opened and i i guess finally you know i'm sure all of the people that work on the monorails have been for you know ever been like hey we need to replace these we need to replace these we need to replace these and then finally that was like kind of the last uh, you know, the straw the last, that the broke straw. The camel's back. Yeah. yeah, the last straw. And so the the rumor is that they canceled the Main Street Theater project that was announced at D twenty three to pay for the trains. Um, rumor it's rumored that the trains will be built by Bombardier um, in Canada. So look at that. Hey, were uh, mm-hmm. you guys there in Canada building the monorails?
1: <laughs> yeah, they they do good stuff. I mean, they those uh, those monorails are used all over the world. So
0: yeah and actually their their latest fleet of monorails are automated which i was thinking to myself i know disney's been updating their system to uh try to automate their current uh monorails uh, that they have and that has never come to fruition um you know they've been working on that for quite a long time now several years um so i I do wonder if when these new monorails do come uh if they are going to be uh driverless so i that would be really interesting to me if they did that Um, um
1: yeah, I mean, don't they already have that at the uh, the Orlando Airport? The, they the do. I mean, there's,
0: there's lots of trams that, uh, that are out there that are completely driverless. So it wouldn't surprise me, especially since that's the current technology, if they just were to do that at Disney World, too. Now, I don't know if there's more complicated needs at Disney World because of, uh, you know, handicapped folks and people's strollers and, you know, when they have to hold the train up sometimes to get people on. I don't know if that's an issue, but I'm sure that's something they can work through. What's yeah. interesting. Go ahead. Sorry.
1: Oh, well, I was going to say, I, I, I think with those kind of situations is you're still going to have um, attendance on the platforms. Like they, they can't, yes, you know, just, yeah. you're never going to see like, you know, no cast members. It's, there's still going to be people helping with, you know, getting people on and off and all that. So.
0: Yeah, that's, that's definitely true. Uh, what, what is interesting about this? Uh, and uh, this was a, a recent kind of addition to the story. Cause this is rumor, but, um, Bob Gurr, uh, the famous imagineer uh, who was, you know, responsible for designing a, a lot of the uh, early designs for the monorails, uh, kind of, sort of confirmed that Disney has purchased new monorails, that the contract was signed, and that they are in production. Um, I say kind of sorta because he never re- he, I mean, he kind of said that there was a contract in place, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, so. yeah, it hasn't been officially announced, but it sounds like you know. That's I mean, I, I I wouldn't think Bob would be talking about it if it wasn't you know pretty solid at this point point. And, and again you know let, let's take all that with a grain of salt too is that uh i mean he you know he knows what he knows but uh i mean the thing kind of like with the uh the theater on main street is you know plans may change but i'm really hoping that these trains don't because i would love to see them upgraded
0: I I mean I'm I'm tempted to say this rumor is definitely true because they they these are 30 year old trains they need to yeah. replace them they're, yeah I mean exactly. there there is no ifs ands or buts they need to be replaced so and it would be cool I I would love to see a, like a really neat new futuristic version of this like because obviously Bombardier has like a, a standard version of what they look like. Um, but it would be really neat if Disney, you know, cause Disney will obviously design these to their own specifications. They'll have a cool design to them. So I, I'm hoping it's something really, really cool that they do with them and they're not just like a standard look to them, you know?
1: Yeah. And that was, that was my understanding with, uh, the, the article that we were reading is that yes. they, they're requesting, a, it's a standard type of monorail. So one of the ones that, that they currently manufacture, but they're doing custom body work on it so that, yeah, it does fit. The, the Disney monorail aesthetic. So it's, yeah, it doesn't yeah. just look like any other monorail.
0: Agreed, yeah. So that, that'll be, that's going to be really cool. I, I actually think it'd be cool if they did like a different, like some of the, the, the each train like had like a different flair to it design-wise that if they looked, didn't all look the same, I feel like that would be really right. neat.
1: But so are you thinking like, I know they do the wraps on them sometimes, you know, where they're promoting something or, or are you thinking that each train would, would have a significant body design,
0: like a different difference? style, like a different, you know, like, um, like the Disneyland one looks way different than the Disney world one. Right. Right. Like, so maybe you throw in like one that looks like the Disneyland one or, you know, I don't know. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not a designer, so, but I'm sure they'll all be the same because I'm sure the cost and time to do that is, is too much and right? maintaining
1: them too. Yeah, yeah, sure if, it, sure. if there are different body designs, I can see where that could be a problem.
0: I can see that too. But yeah. I, I'm I'm excited about this. I, I think it's good, and you know, it'll it'll really help uh, you know keep the keep the monorail as a feasible uh, transportation uh, option throughout Disney World. So
1: yeah, and I mean especially you know looking at what we like, we have Toy Story Land coming, we have Star Wars Land coming the place is just going to get busier if they don't do something about those monorails sooner than later. Um, I mean, I can't imagine if that, like I, from what I've read and heard, I mean, yeah, there's that issue back earlier this year with the door, not closing, but there's been multiple malfunctions and points where the monorail has just not been operating because they like at various points. Yeah. Various points. There's been pretty big failures that they've had to fix. And I mean, I can't imagine when, you know, they're, super busy as you know hollywood studios ramps up again and there's more and more stuff coming for them to say oh you know you gotta get on the bus or you gotta like we gotta run more buses like that's not
0: that's not yeah yeah. it's not in
1: the cards (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's not gonna happen so
0: all right cool well why don't we uh do you have anything else to mention before we wrap this thing up uh
1: the only other thing i'm gonna mention right now is so i'm going to be in disney world next week so I will get to see and experience some of these things we talked about firsthand. And, you know, I'll be keeping an eye out, obviously, on the Toy Story Land progress and Star Wars Land and everything. There probably won't be much to talk about, but um, hopefully when I get back. So I I won't be back in time for the next podcast because we'll still be – we'll just be coming back that day. Um, But after that, I will have a a trip update for you guys.
0: Great. Yeah, no, I'm excited to hear – all the all the stuff from your trip, especially you know, seeing all the construction and all the different things that are going on. So,
1: yeah, it should be a lot of fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm a, you'll share some picture pictures on our Facebook page or yeah, for Instagram, sure. I'm sure I, so. I
1: will I will try and post pictures. Of, so I will post them to Facebook, which means they should get posted on Instagram. Um, I suck at Instagram, so I am not even going to attempt it this time. <laughs> um, but yeah, as as I see cool stuff, I will uh, try to make sure I get it up there so that you guys can all check it out.
0: Perfect. Well, uh, go ahead and uh, get us started wrapped up here.
1: All right. Well, uh, so, yeah, um, as uh, we've been talking about things here, um, any questions, comments, uh, any of that kind of stuff, um, you can, of course, reach us by email, um, which is welcomehomepodcast at gmail.com. Um, we also, uh, we have our website with our very limited profiles and all that, which actually really, I think our website (laughs) kind of goes back to Facebook, but if you want to go to the website, it it, is www.welcomehomepodcast.com. Um, again, always looking for questions. Um, if you guys have things you want us to talk about on the next podcast or, or you want to talk about things that we did talk about here, we, we love hearing that from you guys, um, on Facebook, uh, Facebook. Um, if you guys can you know like follow share us again that helps get us more visibility we uh, we see people asking about uh, podcasts on various facebook groups and stuff we do try to you know mention the podcast for people to to discover us and you know hopefully like us but um, if you do want to find us on facebook uh, we are a uh, welcome home podcast all one word on facebook on twitter it's uh, welcome home pod and instagram is welcome home pics and uh, as usual if you did happen to find or if you downloaded us on iTunes or Google Play um leaving reviews for us uh gives more visibility as well so that more people can find us that way too
0: yeah and uh don't forget to subscribe to the uh, podcast to welcome home so you can be reminded every time we release a new episode uh that way when we uh send one out you guys get an alert on your phone telling you that uh, a new episode of welcome home's out and you can listen to our, our latest episode um you can find the podcast on apple podcasts um google play music tune in stitcher just about any place you can find podcasts uh you can find us you just have to search for welcome home and we will be there Um, And just a reminder to our listeners, Welcome Home Podcast is for entertainment only. We are not employed by the Walt Disney Company, and as such, any and all opinions we express on this show are our own, so please consult your DVC representative, Disney cast member for more information, Um, and uh, join us next time for more Disney Parks discussion, of course, more DVC talk. We hope to see you all real soon. A-wall, the voice of the jungle, signing off from Welcome Home Podcast on the DVC. Oh, we do a when we hit a chair, how she can cuddle is no man's affair. I looked around from pole to pole, found her in a sugar bowl. E-dee,
1: look out, here comes my bowl and chain.